Hey, and welcome to the Trauma of Bonding with Kaya and Heather. This week we'll be discussing chairophobia. Are you ready to trauma bond? Welcome to the Trauma of Bonding with Kaya and Heather. This is Kaya. This is Heather. Hello. Um, And today, I think that it would be really cool to talk about something that Heather and I have both experienced a lot of. Um, So much of. And I'm pretty sure based on the root word, it's um, cherophobia, not cherophobia. Because it's based on the root of like cherubs and things like that, like cheerful things. So cherophobia is our topic of discussion today. Um, Before we get into that... How about we talk about our weeks? What have you been up to? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I don't know what day it is anymore. All day today, I thought it was tomorrow for some weird reason. Yeah. Like, I thought it was Thursday, and it's Wednesday, and I just, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> the only reason, I only know what day it is because I get paid on Thursdays now so I'm like I'm always hyper aware of how much money is in my bank account and I'm like well it's not Thursday I'm broke as shit well shit right (laughs) (laughs) no that makes sense I I had something on my mind that I was like oh yeah I was gonna tell you this happened but I don't know what the fuck it was oh well I already told you this but no I was I was talking to this girl on um the the apps and we were like seriously vibing for like two or three days and then she fucking ghosted me and blocked me which is hella and i'm so annoyed (laughs) like are you a child anyway i've just been i've been so grumpy all day i've been in a bad mood so maybe this will cheer me up (laughs) hopefully i mean as we talk about something that's anxiety based literally right literally i mean let's cheer ourselves up by talks about mental health concerns yeah but you know cheer myself up by talking about it instead of just being i don't know catharsis me think catharsis that's yeah exactly get it out that's fair anything else in your week that was interesting or noteworthy not that i recall it's just been a weird fucking week and a half (laughs) has it been weird for you to have you had this feeling of like i don't know what i i called you the other day and i talked about it too i just have Mm -hmm. this like looming cloud maybe i'm depressed maybe that's the problem i am bipolar so maybe i'm also medicated though so my moods tend to be a lot more level Right. So it's not as noticeable when I'm going from like mania to depression and back again. It's it's a lot more subtle than it used to be, which is fabulous because I can actually yeah. function. Shout out to medication. Love functioning. <laughs> yeah, like I can go to work and I'm like, well, I don't feel great, but I'm still like eating right. and right. drinking water and showering. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's yes. That's all you can ask for, really, if you have something like bipolar, is just that level of stability. Like that's yeah. High key confession time. I almost, and this is exactly what my therapist said when I was going on medication. Mm-hmm. They were like, a lot of patients, you know, say that they really miss the mania aspect of it because it, you do feel so like mm-hmm. you get so much done and you just feel limitless and it's it's a euphoric feeling, but it's yeah. really unhealthy and it usually leads to like big spending. Like you'll spend all your money. You'll spend money that's not yours. 
Yeah. You make really reckless decisions, things like that. And that's, I don't know why I'm going a rant on bipolar, but (laughs) just to say I've had a weird looming cloud over me and I don't know if I'm like just psyching myself out because, you know, related to the topic today. I mean, I was going to say, I think our weeks are why we picked the topic that we did. So I feel like it's just going to go into the topic anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my week has been uneventful other than that. There's really yeah. not been anything noteworthy. It's just that cloud, man. That shit yeah. sucks. I mean, like, mine, I think, has been more... I've been more aware of anxiety because of, like... A pretty bad thing happened last week. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel very comfortable sharing someone else's business. But a pretty bad thing happened last week and I had to be the one to take care of it. Yeah. And um, I've just been anxious ever since with them still gone and hoping something else doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I I'm like, it. oh, my God, I don't want anything else to go wrong. <laughs> So I think I'm I'm just like I have like a steady level of anxiety going on right now and I think that's my my so you're depressed I'm anxious. Yeah. What <sighs> a pair we make. Yes. Love that for us. <laughs> Before we go into our talk on cherophobia, I would like to put a slight disclaimer, a little warning. Mhm. We are not professionals, we are not mm-hmm. experts. No. We are just two bitches on the internet talking. Yes. yes. <laughs> so don't take anything we say as any kind of diagnosis because we are not doctors. No. Nope. Uh, don't take our advice because we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. We're just two mentally ill bitches. You have bipolar, as you just said. And I have... Um, major depressive disorder which I feel like is getting like gotten better over the years just like by not being around my mother um circumstances have a circumstances have changed um but I also have PTSD which that's still and I can I can tell in my anxiety phases that that's still very much there yeah Um, but yeah so we both have you know mental illnesses so we understand the world um but we're not professionals so that's that's all i wanted to add to that (laughs) that's a great great point to add um so since we have that out of the way Mm -hmm. i think it would be cool to talk a little bit about our own experiences with anxiety and our experiences with um what can definitely look like cherophobia um Mm -hmm. you want to go first or do you want me to go first um go ahead my brain's a little Blit right now. <laughs> it's been a long day for both of us. We're both yeah, kind I of like to uh. catch up. <laughs> um, so I have GAD, which is just regular generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I've definitely seen terophobia touch in my life. Um, I've had a as I've talked about in our getting to know us episode, I've moved around a lot. I didn't really have stable living situations when I was younger. Um I made some reckless decisions that, you know, resulted in consequences, but ones that were like shocking to me and a mm-hmm. young brain and a young forming mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, things were starting to improve in my life at the time that my mother passed away. So it makes sense 
Yeah. That I would have this impending feeling of, okay, but what's going to take all this goodness away though? Mm-hmm. Like what, what's going to be the thing that throws my life in a tailspin again? And I've seen it a lot in my life. I mean, it happens in relationships. It ha- I, I have no trust in my ability to keep a positive future. Oof. Yeah. I think that's mostly the root of it. It's definitely based in anxiety. It's, I think, I'm not sure. It's just like this cloud this week. I think it's a touch of the terophobia. I mean, I just started a new job. Mm-hmm. And I'm so scared of like, I, every, I, I'm definitely good at catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm going to lose my job. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. I'm going to go into severe debt because of all the overdraft fees. And then I'm going to get evicted. And then I'm going to live in my car and I lose my pets. Right. That is not a good, (laughs) that is not a pathway. That's not even something I should consider. Number one, there's resources out there that will help avoid a lot of those things I just named. Yeah. But also like, bitch, you started a new job and you so far, like it I mean my coworkers are cool mm-hmm. it works with my school like I I can actually get I have four days off a week so I can actually get homework done I can recover yeah things are seemingly looking very positive on the outside I mean I got my rent mm-hmm. paid through September like things are in a very stable place right now and I always considered it oh I'm bored that's why mm-hmm. I self-sabotage is because I'm bored it's not boredom. It's, it's not. definitely anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Like for both of us, just to like interject, like when things are going well, that's when we get anxious. When things are going to shit, we're like, oh yeah, of course. To be no. expected. <laughs> to be expected per per the use. But when things are going well, it's this is too good to be true. This is, this is too, this, mm, something, you know, it's very, it's very anxiety. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think because we've experienced so many situations where things have gone so bad so quickly mm-hmm. that it's sort of like, well, the possibility for positive outcomes doesn't even compute in our brains. It's like our brains start yeah. to buffer when we even consider that things might be okay. Right. Not right. even good. I'm not talking about surpassing expectations. I'm just talking about decent. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, if we're not in the depths of despair, we're just, like, (laughs) hyper-vigilant, like, looking around, like, okay, but what's going to throw me back there, though? Because something's coming, bitch. Yeah. We just don't know what it is yet. And that's not a logical way to view the world and circumstances. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're someone who believes in, like, energy... Like, I believe in energy. I don't know. I'm not super religious. I'm not super into a lot of woo-woo. But energy and, ma- like, energy can't be destroyed or created. Yeah. Like, that just is a fact of the universe. It's been proven with science. It's, like, a legitimate thing. Yeah. So if someone, like, passes away, that energy has to go somewhere. Do I, mm-hmm. and I think that if you're constantly looking for bad things you will find them or you'll create yeah. them with self-sabotage I mean that's it's like the um <laughs> there's some I don't know there's some like thing there's a name for it that's what I'm trying to say um where if you buy a certain car with a, of a certain color you start seeing that certain car of a certain color everywhere yes. Yeah. Um, your brain just like latches onto it. So when I uh 
I used to drive a Jeep. <laughs> Rip, I want a new one. Um, and it was like such a thing of like seeing Jeeps everywhere and doing the Jeep wave to other Jeeps. Like it was like, yeah, I'm a part of this community and like you notice it more. Um, right. And then, you know, now that I have my little my little shit Chevy. Um, <laughs> I notice Chevy cruises more like wherever I'm going. So it's, it's that same concept of like, well, you're going to see what you're looking for. Right. Um, and learning how to, we both have had to, and are still learning how to retrain our brains <laughs> to not constantly be looking for the shit because that's what we're going to see. And then it's going to be just depression all the time. Yeah. And I feel like that's definitely what throws me in a tailspin. Like for mm-hmm. me, I things start to go okay for a while. I get comfortable, but then I get that uneasy feeling of like, oh, something's going to come. Right. So I'm constantly vigilant. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I'll give an example at my last job, right? Mm-hmm. Every day I would wake up and number one, I hated it. So that didn't help the situation. Actually, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I liked this last most like recent job. Okay. Um, But I, you know, I started to get stable. I started to financially recover from a lot of bullshit that I was in. And mm-hmm. then I got to the point where I was like, oh, something's coming, which is, an yeah. ex- it's exhausting to be hyper. Like it just, it affects your body. I have IBS. I don't know if anyone knows that on the podcast, but that's a fun thing. <laughs> I have IBS, which means that severe stress can cause mm-hmm. a flare up. Mm-hmm. So it did. And I ended up losing my job. Now, was it me that because of attendance, because I called out because I was in the midst of an IBS flare up. Now, would that have <laughs> happened necessarily if, I hadn't been putting myself under severe stress by questioning things that weren't actively happening. Maybe, maybe not. Right. I have evidence that I wasn't going to have a flare up and I wasn't going to have to call out, but worrying about it made it significantly worse than it had to be. Yeah. For me. The thing is, I mean, from what you told me about that situation, they kind of were not very ethical in how they fired you. So like, it's really not even it, how dare you get sick you know what I, I know <laughs> and this is me being back in my anti-capitalist rants again um <laughs> like how dare you get fucking sick how dare you have a body that does human things uh and didn't you you even had a doctor's note or something right yeah, I had a doctor's I, I had a doctor's appointment for the next day right and and they yeah so like if you think about it, whose fault is it actually? It's their if, fault. I don't, I'm not taking any blame. I'm just saying, would I have gotten, you right. know. But, but the thing is, like, okay, maybe you didn't get a flare up, but maybe you got it, would have instead gotten a flat tire. You know, so, like, it right. doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> there was nothing that could have been done in that situation right, differently exactly. to avoid it. Yeah. But it definitely impacted my physical well-being and yeah. my mental well-being yeah. to, you know, constantly put stress on myself of like, am I going to get fired? Am I going to lose everything? It's an exhausting state mm-hmm. to be in. And it, yeah. even if I lo- like, let's disregard the fact that I got fired, right? Yeah. That takes a toll on me, like in general, just that feeling of like, 
hyper vigilance constantly that's it's exhausting Mm -hmm. it causes IBS flare-ups because I'm stressing myself out yeah it impacts my relationships with people because I get to the I get in these moods where I'm like you know I I gotta edit that out I'm thinking Jesus it's fine (laughs) I I get in these modes where I'm like okay these are your friends but for how long they're in your life Mm -hmm. for a finite time Mm -hmm. which is yeah oof yeah and it's definitely rooted probably in my mom dying which is super fun love that Mm -hmm. because that means she I went to Chicago and I think this is the root of really my cheerophobia in general okay I went to Chicago with my school for like a like a week like vacation at the end of the year it was our (laughs) way of celebrating the end of year with like a trip out of the state okay my mom died and no one told me until I got back (gasps) three days later so I thought everything was cool I was gonna come home after this vacation and I come home they bring me to the principal's office I literally they're like come to my office and I'm like oh joking around like being in trouble off the bus Yes, they put me in the oh principal's God. office, and I was like, where's my mom? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. So, everything was improving in my life. I was I was filling out applications to go to boarding schools for, like, a scholarship. I was one of nine finalists to get this. So, things were looking up for my yeah. life, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then... I come home from a trip that was supposed to be fun and I find out that my mom had died and I have to move in with my grandma. No warning. Like imagine you're a 12 year old kid. You, I just got my period that February. This was in June. So I, my body was fucking with me. Yeah. Well, you're like, you're nothing but a ball of hormones and emotions. And then exactly. And then (laughs) to have a huge, things out of my control completely changing my life yeah it makes you get into this survival mode of like okay I have to catch everything from now on because I'm never going to get knocked on my ass again not like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. so I don't like good things good things make me very uneasy because it's like okay either this is going to be detrimental to me or I'm going to be disappointed which you know, that's a lot less severe than having, you know, complete life shift, but it still sucks mm-hmm. and it still is not a happy moment. And I, and I like to embrace my happy moments. I have bipolar. I don't know when I'm going to be depressed next. I want to have a good time, yo. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. sort of my side on everything. Where do you think yours stems from? <laughs> <laughs> I... I was thinking, because I was thinking about it today, and I'm like, where does it stem from? And I was thinking about it because I haven't felt it in a while, but I've been feeling a lot it a lot like recently. Um, but I haven't felt it in a while because things have been like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like. Not bad, but they've been kind of medium anyway. There mm-hmm. hasn't been any forward motion in my life, but now that there might actually be some, that's it's bringing the that anxiety. Um, but yeah, so since I haven't felt that way in a while, I was like, "What? I know I used to have this like all the time. Like it was constant, twenty four seven, three sixty five." Um, and part of me feels like it stems from religious trauma. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, and just like because I was, I was taught it's a, it's a weird version of prosperity gospel, where it's not like monetary, but it's physical. It's your health. It's your, um, it can be monetary. Um, but it's like, basically, if you're, quote, good, God will bless you. If you're bad, God will punish you. Ooh, yeah. So it, it's always been this anxiety of like, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Is enjoying this sinful? Because we can't be too happy. Because, you know, there's a whole other problem with super um, fundamentalist Christianity where, like, you're not allowed to masturbate because that's self-pleasure. You have to put others, Jesus first, then others, then you. The joy model. Oh, the, the fucking hilarious that it's called that. Um, but basically, you are trained to put yourself last and if you're being too happy and too um just enjoying life a little too much you're probably sinning and since you're sinning you're going to get punished so you know i mean i don't i don't think i've shared this um on the podcast but you know all about it um but the biggest example I have is that um, when I had my stroke, my mom told me that it was God's punishment for my choosing to live a sinful lifestyle, a.k.a. being queer. Um, and that's how I like. Like, that was the final straw for me where I was just like, wow, this is all complete bullshit and you're a terrible human. Or, you know, you're not a very, you're a very messed up human being. You're not a bad person, but you're just very messed up. Maybe we right. have talked about this. I can't remember. Anyway. um, But before that, so many, like, little things would happen growing up where I would just, I'd be so afraid of that whole concept of getting struck by lightning. Like, oh. God sees you doing something naughty you're gonna, he's going to strike <laughs> you down with lightning and it's that concept so it's like I have this anxiety because I'm afraid of big scary man in the sky zapping me oh my god is that why my mom died because I masturbated a lot as a kid probably listen be. Kaya you caused it I hate to break to you man if I um, had known that I would have never diddled myself <laughs> ever <laughs> Hands oh to my myself, God. man. Actually, no, hands not to myself. Hands <laughs> not that's to yourself. Only to the man you marry. Lol. Yeah, that's really working out for me. Right. Um, <laughs> Two crosses <laughs> I've made. Right. But that's honestly, I think, where my uh, cherophobia comes from is I can't be too happy because if I'm happy, then I'm clearly sinning somehow. And if I'm sinning, then I'm going to get punished. Um, so I always grew up just in constant paranoia. And, like, I couldn't ever let myself be happy. Because I was just so scared of, like, all right, things are going so great. 
So what's right around the next corner? Somebody's going to die. You know, something else, you know, the house. I used to have the weirdest fear. I don't don't know why. Maybe it's because I heard like on the news, um, like in the wintertime, people having a lot more house fires because like their heaters or their dry Christmas trees or whatever the fuck it was. But I had this horrendous anxiety that our house would burn down right before Christmas. Oh, wow. I don't know where the fuck this anxiety came from. But every Christmas, I had this awful anxiety until Christmas morning. And I was like, oh, phew, I feel better. We made it. We got through it. We made it. Yeah, we made it. But I just had this ridiculous anxiety that the house was going to burn down. And it didn't help that our house was like, it's a giant, it's like a, a log cabin mansion is basically what it is. <laughs> the homestead, baby girl. The, the homestead. homestead. So, of course, then I'm thinking to myself, my little child brain, well, the house is wood. So, that means it burns faster, right? You know. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking through things and trying to be logical. And my logic is taking me in very dark places. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, that's the kind of anxiety that I've always had. And... I think getting away from super fundamental Christianity and like, I'm, I'm don't identify as Buddhist, but I really appreciate a lot of Buddhist um, teachings and philosophies. And I've read, I've read a tiny bit, Um, but just the whole concept, like I am going to get a tattoo of it because I need it so badly of just the words uh, be here now. That um, <clears throat> this really amazing teacher, Ram Das, he always said it of just be here now, be here now. And just the concept of like, you can't constantly live in the past because then you're not going to get anywhere. Right. You can't constantly be anxious about the future because you're also not going to get anywhere. You're just going to be sitting there worrying. <laughs> right, right. And you also can't, you can't do shit about the past or the future. So just be here now. Mm. And enjoy the now or deal with the now or suffer in the now. And that's fine too, because eventually the now will pass into a new now. Um, so I'm learn. I'm really learning how to do that. But with this situation popping up of me um, going to school and like possibly getting my life back on like some sort of track (laughs) Mm -hmm. um is bringing that anxiety back up like okay the situation around it is going too well and so I'm getting anxious about this one thing but also like I was telling you last night like I purposefully is purposefully a word purposely purposely I think Purposely. Bitch, I'm about to be an English teacher. Um, (laughs) God help these students. I'm so sorry. Um, But, uh, shit, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Oh, oh, that was it. Um, No, I I purposely applied to only one school because I didn't have to pay the, um, the application fee. Because mm-hmm. I have no money. I can't pay, like, five schools application fees. Twenty damn dollars. That's, right like, 
100 no, bucks. This, no, it's grad school. It's like 50 bucks. Ain't no some, fucking way. Somewhere you are lying. Ain't exactly. No somewhere, somewhere 50, somewhere 75. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? So I was like, okay, I can go, I can go to the info session at this one school and I'll get my application fee waived. So I'll apply to this one school. And if I get into this one school, then we'll see how the money situation works out. And the money situation worked itself out beautifully. And literally the only thing left is I'm trying to find a fucking place to live. Um, and so I'm just sitting here with everything else done. But I'm like, but but when I applied, it was like, okay, I'm going to apply. And if, if I get in, then this is what I'm supposed to do. But if I don't get in, then whatever. No, you know. What's what's the phrase? There, I don't know. There's a phrase for it, but you know, no, no big fucking deal. No harm done. No, no uh, harm done. Right. Um, like I'm not gonna like put all. But also maybe that was a little bit of this cherophobia too, where it's like I don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah. So I, I kind of just gonna like not care. Well, not necessarily. So a hallmark of cherophobia is that you're purposely which there is a difference between those two words purposely means you're doing something on purpose purposefully means that you are doing something with the intent of like taking action okay all right yeah so (laughs) when you do something on purpose like when you're okay so I'll give a couple of of examples because cheerophobia isn't just about this like impending doom it's about purposely avoiding doing things that might make you happy Mm-hmm. Because you don't okay. want to deal with the negative consequences that are going to follow that. Does yes. that make sense? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So you, for example, you might get severe anxiety at the thought of going to a super, like a party with mm-hmm. all of these people that you love. Yeah. Or like an event or a concert or something. Because you fear if you go, there's going to be, um, there's going to be a chain of events that ends up with you going through some miserable thing. So maybe you mm-hmm. think oh, if I go to this concert with all these people, I'm going to make a fool of myself and they're not going to like me anymore. Or, oh, if I go to this concert, I'm going to get, like, tired, I'm going to oversleep my alarm, and I'm going to, like, get fired. See, my brain just catastrophizes, too. If I go to this concert on the drive home, I'm going to get in a car crash and be paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah, That's where my fucking brain goes. Catastrophizing. A lot of these things that we're talking, so, like, self-sabotage, catastrophizing, these are all elements that yeah. can result from cherophobia. Yeah. The phobia is what's causing you to have these fallacies and these, you know, mm-hmm. really undue emotions. Yeah. So um, maybe, you know, so maybe the the application process, I think it was more of a, this is a biblical term, but laying out a fleece. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I, uh, girl, no, I did <laughs> You asked me um, who's gone to church like no, there, 10 times in my a, life. I won't explain it, but there's a biblical story. and ter- it ba- So people talk about laying out a fleece. Um, where it's just like, I'm going to set this thing here. And, you know, in, in the Christian world, it's I'm going to do this thing. And if God wills it to happen, then it will. And, I... if it, and then if he doesn't will it to happen, then it won't. That's the the concept kind of. So I kind of did that. That's... I just kind of laid a fleece out to the universe. of Like, I'm going to apply. And if I get in, awesome. 
now I have something to do with myself that I've been I've been fucking around for a couple of years not knowing what to do with myself. Um, but yeah. if I don't get in, okay, cool. I'll figure out something else. So, and that's yeah. that's not a super good example of charophobia because no, in tarot, you, if you I made don't... any, if you took any action, you're not exhibiting um, right. charophobia. Right. right. So, so now... you did something. If you were super like charophobic in this situation, you would say, "I'm not even gonna apply because I I know what the outcome is gonna be and it's gonna yeah. be negative. So I'm it's not even gonna. I'm not. Right. It's not even that you're like I don't want to be disappointed. It's like. I don't want dire things to come from my actions. So I'm going to avoid even touching that application because if something good does happen, I'm going to be fucked up. Yeah. I definitely like had more catastrophic thoughts, but had to push them away being like, no, you're being ridiculous. Like I have to give myself pep talks as if I'm talking to like another person. You know, that's an element well, I'm just saying, like, if it was me talking to you, I'd be like, Kaya, you're, you're over, you know, you're yeah. overthinking that. Like, I would see it from a, another party's perspective where I could talk some sense into you. So I literally have to speak to myself and talk some sense into myself. So I definitely did that where, I, you know, I did have those thoughts of like, oh, I don't even want to write this essay. What's the point? Like, they're not going to want because it's a, it's a technically a Christian university. Um but but in my essay I was like I'm just gonna put out there that I'm queer and like that's gonna be a huge part of like me wanting to work in diverse places you know and and like there was a moment where I was like oh maybe I need to edit this maybe I need to like edit myself down for them you know and like because if I don't then 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 I'll get rejected because they're you know homophobic or so there's still like there was still a bit of that where then I had to be like no no they're gonna either accept all of you or none of you like so you know (laughs) I still had to like talk myself through stuff um so it's still a process but I don't think it was as I wouldn't say it like it doesn't I I don't think it was a hero I would say I don't think it meets the um yeah but I in other but now that I'm like in and I've had to then remind myself of like you're in this is working out but now that things are working out that's where it's giving me the anxiety there we go so that's I would say if you okay so you're in this positive place right now because cheerophobia is something where it's literal avoidance to avoid anxiety yeah let now that you're in school if you drop out Mm -hmm. or if you don't even go if you like go to the semester and then you just never show up because it's too overwhelming that would be exhibiting sort of more the cheerophobic aspects also you made a point that I was trying to interject on but you sorry were in a very long thought um (laughs) so I'm in a communications class right now and I actually just did a project on something called um emotional let me open it up basically debilitative emotions and um, emotional regulation techniques. Mm -hmm. So one of these steps to actually managing debilitative emotions, which are any emotions that um, stop you from functioning properly, like as a person. So like anger is one, anxiety is one, anxiousness, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but there's actually a tip for managing it is using you statements when you talk to yourself. So you want to go into like third person. Uh, is that second person? No. Second person. Third is using- third. It's third person. Third person. Yeah. You want to go into that mode when you talk to yourself because it's a more effective way of like tricking your brain into thinking, oh, you're giving advice to another person. So mm-hmm. that's, it, it's yeah. just a relief tactic. It really does help. And that's yeah. the most gentle way that you can talk to yours because you, everyone is a lot more critical to themselves than they are to anyone mm-hmm. else. Yep. Unless you're just a bitch, in which case, <laughs> pop off sis. Can't help you go there. In. Sorry. <laughs> You don't deserve you don't deserve to manage your debilitative emotions. I hope that they just overrun. Oh, no. but... <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, yeah, right there, like I me having to give myself third person pep talks. Like you're you're being ridiculous. This isn't real. Um even like this this week, um the internet was down for a couple days and I couldn't get to the router. And, um, I needed, I needed to utilize my laptop, utilize internet to sign up for my classes for school. And, um, I kept anytime I I would, I would go to cafes. I went to a cafe the other night to use the internet. And like the whole time I was gone, I was having this anxiety of like, I need to be at the house. I need to be at the house in case something else happens. I need to be at the house. Um, and just being like, like talking some sense to myself of like, okay, but you can't stay at the house 24 seven. That's not realistic. Right. I mean, (laughs) I could like a few months ago, thanks COVID, but, um, (laughs) which also I don't think that's helped, um, any, it, it made me a little bit agoraphobic for, um, a couple, a little bit there where I was just like, Mm -hmm. ah, I can't handle the outside world because I was in quarantine for a year um what am I trying to say all that to say (laughs) like just literally talking sense to myself and being like you you have to use the internet so you have to go do this thing you can't sit at the house and not do anything because you feel like you need to sit at the house in case something happens which most likely nothing else is going to happen so like just like talking myself through the logic of it and you know telling myself like what you're thinking is not real and so you need to rethink things and calm down right um yeah yeah there's actually back to cheerophobia yeah I'm sorry I just I'm going off on rants I'm sorry that's fine. We're both tired. I think that our brains are sort of like off into the distant wilderness. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to connect back to what you were talking about yeah. in just a couple of minutes. Because um, I think that that's a really valid point And it's a super helpful thing for actually, you know, dealing with terophobia is yes. some of the things that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some causes first, and then we'll get more into some treatments. And I don't like the word treatment. Um, cause yeah. there are medical treatments that we're going to talk about in list. I'm not going to go into super big detail because I don't know what they entail. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but there are some based on, and I'm going to be sourcing my own presentation because it's out of an academic textbook. Okay. Um, so I think that some tips and tricks for sort of managing these emotions and these stress, like, cause it's your body is 
when you're experiencing chairophobia, your body is reacting as if there's an imminent threat. It's a very mm-hmm. stressful situation. It's an anxiety-based um, phobia, which all yeah. are. But yeah. this one especially is rooted in, you know, it's coming from a direct cause and it's, mm-hmm. you're reacting in a way that you see fit. And if you can react in a more positive manner that has better positive, you know, long-term outcomes, you should yeah. use any, you know, any tricks that you can to sort of mm-hmm. trick fate, <laughs> trick your brain into being <laughs> right. <laughs> so some causes here that they have listed So some can stem from the belief that something very good happens to a person or when life is going well, bad things are destined to happen. So that's more, that can be a religious thing like you were discussing. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a result, you might, you might do things to try to ward off the bad from happening. Mm -hmm. So this can happen for someone who's experienced like past physical or emotional trauma. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to do everything in my power to try to get away from, because let's say that you're in like an abusive relationship and you're going in the honeymoon phase, right? Mm-hmm. But you know that something's going to happen mm-hmm. There's th- mm-hmm. because the cycle will continue. And that's a very, I mean, this has been recorded in many of academic like records yeah. and things like that. So it's not in your head. Like that's, I think that's something that we should really highlight. This is not just in your head bad things do happen but yeah. good things aren't necessarily attached to bad things even though your brain is telling you that they absolutely are like absolutionist language is the last thing that you want to use mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really recognizing not every situation is the exact same that is mm-hmm. so important like it's really hard when you're having these fallacies in your head to like remember that this is life and life is in flux but that doesn't mean it's a good or a bad thing mm-hmm think that's important yeah did you know that introverts might be more likely to experience chairophobia i read that yeah i was like oh there it is (laughs) so are you introverted because you're an introvert are you introverted because you have chairophobia because i'm introverted because i'm an introvert right but it makes sense that the little chairophobia would be added to that in in uh certain circumstances so like nine times out of ten if I'm gonna go to a concert I'm gonna have the introverted uh I'm gonna be surrounded by people oh but it, but it has hour. nothing to do with having and a that's good night exhausting out. no no I'm saying like nine times out of ten is that and then the one time out of ten it's we're gonna get in a car accident oh, you know what I mean so yeah. it's like it's definitely I'm introverted the introverted but the the chairophobia still existence there, right there. Yeah. <laughs> just in a very very small barely noticeable way yeah um so going into some treatments i think would be a good place so there are direct like clinical treatments for gerophobia so one of them is cognitive behavioral therapy mm. helps people recognize like you know the fallacies in their lines of thinking and identify mm-hmm. behaviors that can help them change Mm -hmm. So that's helpful relaxation strategies. So like deep breathing, journaling, exercising, really taking care of yourself. Um, Yeah. Overall, just to help with the stress in your life anyways, because stress is a big contributor to chirophobia. They kind of, it's kind of a cyclical thing. Because you have chirophobia, you have chirophobia, you're stressed and it just goes and goes and it's miserable. (laughs) Right. Right. Hypnotherapy is also an option. That's interesting. 
I am very curious if hypnotherapy works. Me as a side note. I'm so I've heard of people listening to those podcasts where it's like, lose weight, lettuce. And it's like, okay, like, I just the have the this memory of um, <laughs> my ex was like, oh, we should listen to these hypnotherapy like sleep. Um, my old ass was gonna say tapes. Um, yikes! Wow, but it was like a you know like a MP3 or whatever the fuck. Right. Um, but it was this hypnotherapy of like fall asleep to this hypnotherapy about like being wealthy or some bullshit. Yeah. Which so yeah. Um, but I distinctly remember that now. And I just remember being like, well, this is kind of soothing. But I don't remember a single thing that was said in any because <laughs> that shit's a waste. It's basically just white noise. No, it, it was it was guy. white noise. It was a soothing voice. It was just like listening to like the sleep stories or you know like some right. other like this this doesn't matter it's just a nice sounding voice telling me about flowers in the field like <laughs> and yeah, bro, nothing. That is so weird i swear sometimes in the middle of those like if i was recording a hypnotherapy session i would throw something in the middle just for some razzle dazzle like yes. i'd be like and now we will be playing five minutes from a gay porn just because right. they're paying attention exactly. Like I can't, I couldn't, I can't take it seriously. But I have wanted to try like actual in person hypnotherapy just to see if that had, because that's that's the one, the really the ones that I've heard of that are have been helpful in like therapy, right? Psychotherapy yeah. where it's yeah. an in person hypnotherapy session. Um, but yeah, but like the just the kind of my old brain, the tapes, um. Of just the recordings, like no, those bullshit. are, those are bullshit. Don't don't li- like you can listen Someone to them, but they're not going to do shit for you. <laughs> Someone recorded that in like their mom's basement and uploaded it to YouTube. Literally, That's not literally. shit. Come like, on, I could do that. I could write a really pretty flowery script about imagine the wealth that you will acquire. Like I can do that too. And. <laughs> That's the thing. Hypnotherapy is supposed to be, I, from what I've heard, and this is for all therapies. This is not, you know, it's not monopolized by hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a long-term solution. Yep. It needs to be something that you're, you know, involved in. You need to be doing it with a licensed professional. Well, right. a licensed professional in hypnotherapy, there's got to be. Even I believe so. at, like, there's, there's like a college of hypnotherapy somewhere in LA. Okay, but that's not that doesn't but prove my not, point, Heather. But that's not the much to me. Right, I doesn't say much to me because it's it's LA, so it's just woo woo people being like, I'm right. a hypnotherapist. You also have isn't Scientology originated there? So I really don't want to yeah. hear nothing y'all got um, to say. I'm saying, please don't hypnotherapize. Don't don't hypnotherapize me. I don't want to believe in what's their deity zorg or whatever girl i don't fucking know what they i don't i think they change the rules every guy anyway it's weird mormons are weird too as another side note man i would love to get a planet when i'm actually no i don't i don't want the responsibility to have those Those human pets are you kidding me well and i don't think women get planets anyway so oh well never mind maybe i'm wrong but i feel i wouldn't doubt it they're mormons i I know that up until I think like it was the seventies that they decided black people could also get planets. Oh. Um okay. so you know. <laughs> Great. Love that. <laughs> so as a black woman, I mean I'm also 
very gay. So, so regardless, say, I'm not so getting no fucking planet. <laughs> maybe half of you. If women can get planets, then half of you can get a planet. The white half. <laughs> okay. So I get a slice and half planet. I get like Pluto. <laughs> you get Pluto. You get the you get the non-planet planet. They're just like, fine, if you want something, here's this chunk of rock. Have fun, sis. And I'm just like, okay, me and my amoebas will go and have fun. So fuck you. Fuck you. Um, Also, another treatment is exposure to happiness-provoking events. So basically exposure therapy. I love that. Um, I think that that's super smart. It's meant to help a person identify that happiness doesn't have to have adverse effects. So it can be something small like, okay, what do you like to do? Like, do you have a hobby? Go do that for an hour. And then what happens after? Just see yeah. that nothing, there's no travesties involved. Mm-hmm. You feel just normal. You knitted for an hour and now you're okay. Right. Slowly yeah. building that up. Okay, now we're going to go to an amusement park with our significant other. Things went good, right? It's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting thing. So there are direct treatments and things like that. Yeah. Um, like forcing, I would say forcing yourself to do the thing through the anxiety because like I don't know a, a theme park isn't the best example for me because I can't do shit at theme parks but if I could well what um, can you do so like for a disabled person which which you are what is something that you enjoy I can, doing I can ride some uh, I can do the lazy river um, well you love the beach so I love the beach. That's yeah, an yeah, example yeah. you can use. But but I'm just saying, like, to use a theme park as an example, like, there might be the anxiety that someone would have. Like, I would totally have this of, like, I'm going to be the person that gets their head chopped off on this one dangerous roller coaster that I read about it happening to someone five years ago. Like, I'm that person that would be thinking about that. But fuck mm. it. I'm going to do it anyway, damn it. <laughs> Heather, I just because think. most like mo- more than like more likely than not, you're not gonna get your head chopped off. You're gonna be just fine. The likelihood is very low. Exactly. Um, so maybe you could... it doesn't have to be something so extreme as going to an yeah. incredibly high. I mean, like I said, that's something that would come with time. Yeah. Because you do need to. D- it it just depends on the person. If if you sure. if, if there's a stressful situation. That you know that it's ordinarily stressful for you? No, that's mm-hmm. not. But for someone oh, like for me, sure. who I don't have anxiety about dying. Yeah, I've never had that. It sounds like you have an ex- like your emphasis is on death. I'm not scared of death. That doesn't. That I'm doesn't not either. Me. But I'm. Yes, you are, bitch. Are you kidding me? I'm not. No, I'm not. Getting your I'm, head chopped off. I'm scared of. Um. Well, actually, getting my head chopped off would be an ideal way to go. Um, no, Are you scared I'm of just, the pain associated? I just don't want the suffering right before it. I just want to go nice and clean. That I would mean, be great. Most that's why I haven't killed do. myself yet. Mm. Literally. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> more difficult to do. But like a car crash, more likely than not, you're going to hit your head on something and you're going to be knocked out for the death true. part. That's true. Unless Very you true. survive, which is whack. But I would rather die. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to go clean through that windshield, baby girl. Exactly. Just- <laughs> end it now um fucking deject me dog like (laughs) but for someone who doesn't have such a preoccupation with doom and dreariness it doesn't necessarily it's not good to expose yourself to a like if you're a person who's anxious in very high stress environments 
don't do yeah. that. Don't don't just go to an amusement park for the first time. Say, don't give yourself, yourself a fucking pan- panic attack and put yourself in the hospital. Yeah, because there's other, there's other reasons it's stressful. It's not just yeah. having a happy event that's stressing you out because that's what you're trying to expose yourself to is happy right. events. So right. if you have stress outside of it, it doesn't have to be like roller coasters. That's not going to fuck with me because mm. I'm not scared. I'm not already yeah. fearful of like being in a situation like that. But mm-hmm. if I was... No, that's not a good option. You need to choose right. some you need to choose options that are good for you and that are healthy for you. And that's all of therapy and things like that. You need to communicate oh, sure. that with the professional that you're working with. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I was example... just getting more at like I am that person that needs to just fucking do it and I'll get through it. And some people are not like that. Yeah, that's why we're an anxiety attack. Are would put them in, like something you, they wouldn't be able to handle it whereas I would be like all right <laughs> and and that's your exposure therapy and that's would me. be a good option for you but yeah. hypnotherapy might be good for another person right, or exactly. yeah. like this it doesn't mean that all of these treatments need to happen like you don't have to be like okay I did my CBT and I graduated now on to hypnotherapy and right, now on right, to exposure no, no. Yeah. That's not going to be effective. It's it's like, okay, you pick it. And that's why, you know, mental health professionals are such a, a godsend because there's mm-hmm. a lot of options for getting the same results for different types of people. Right. And your and your therapist or <laughs> your prof- your mental health professional will get to know you and mm-hmm. know what to recommend to you. Yeah. Because and- they'll know like, okay, you can deal with this. All right, we're going to do exposure because I know you can deal with it. Someone else? I I think this would be too much for you. Let's let's do um you know this hypnotherapy instead, yeah, um or whatever you know. So that's that's get yourselves a therapist, people, if you can, if you are able. (laughs) I highly recommend it. Yes. (laughs) So there are some concrete steps from my communications class to managing debilitative emotions. Mm Hmm. So I would consider terophobia debilitative emotion. It's literally causing you to avoid doing things. Yeah. Simply because of, you know, stress and anxiety. Right, right. So there's five steps and they're, they're, you know, they're really good. So Mm -hmm. the first thing you're going to do when you're, so if you have a wave of anxiety, everyone knows what that feels like for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Monitor your emotional reaction. What do you feel? So let's say that you're getting... You get invited by a friend to like a very small housewarming party. It's people you know, you've been friends with them for years. It's not an uncomfortable, stressful situation. It's mm-hmm. just chill. You know, it's going to be a good time, but monitor how you're feeling. What, what mm-hmm. is this? Is there a stressor there? Because this is a stressor. You feel anxiety. Right. So recognize that. Note what made you anxious. Was it the party? Was it the people? Or was it the idea of going to this party with these people and then bad things will happen? Like, okay. what, what is your train of thought there? Mm-hmm. You need to record your self-talk. So you need to recognize, what am I telling myself about what this is happening? Like, what's going to happen to me if I go yeah. to this housewarming? Mm-hmm. What am I telling myself? You need to dispute those irrational beliefs and fallacies that you realize are happening during your self-talk. So if you're thinking, oh... If I go to this party, um, I'm going to be having a good time and then, then I'm going to 
uh, I'm going to say something to offend someone or something, or mm-hmm. I'm going to miss work and get fired, like an example from before. Mm-hmm. You need to recognize that those are, you know, you need to recognize what fallacy that is because there's several different fallacies. I'm not going to go into them, but yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, extreme yeah. as hell. <laughs> right, right. We don't <laughs> have to go that far. Yeah. So you need to dispute like, okay, that's not necessarily true. This thing does not lead into this thing. You're catastrophizing. You're, mm-hmm. you know, this is not like valid thought processes. Right. And then you need to do exactly like you mentioned before, which is change your self-talk by using you statements, like coaching yourself. Mm-hmm. So for example, uh, at this housewarming, you say, okay, you know, all of these people, you are comfortable with these people. You have been to gatherings with these people before and nothing has happened negatively right. following that. Mm-hmm you um this is not a stressful situation and they will understand if you don't feel comfortable going so you're not even pressured into going this is mm-hmm. all your choice no yeah. outward factors are working or, or forces are working on you right now you have full free will in this situation mm-hmm. and you have no evidence to prove that something bad is going to follow this you have examples of times it's happened before but you can't predict the future in this situation, you have no idea what's going to happen, but that doesn't mean that it has to be negative. So you need to reframe your thinking. It's called reappraisal. Yeah. Reappraisal rather. Changing how you're thinking about an emotional response and thinking. So those five steps are actually pretty solid. I've been Mm -hmm. trying to implement it when I've been stressed about things recently Mm -hmm. and it's been pretty legit. Yeah. So to simplify, monitor emotional reaction, note activating event or trigger, record your self-talk, dispute your fallacies or irrational beliefs, and change your self-talk. Five easy steps to significantly lowering your stress (laughs) and to (laughs) dealing with stressful events when they occur. Yes. Yeah, I I kind of love it. I love that. I think... um... Sorry, I lost my train of thought. We can edit. I, <laughs> I think well, I have tinnitus as a side note. I keep getting this ringing in my ears, just like Archer does. Girl, ooh, the ear I get that. I get that. I have Those that. Damn so AirPods. Mm. Um. So so while you were talking about those steps. Um, a couple things were like running through my mind. One was uh, the thought of when before in our one of our previous episodes I was talking very uh strongly about knowing thyself um and a lot of this is that where it's like I think we we don't know like I think people think that it's selfish to be so introspective when in reality it's kind of the opposite of being selfish Because you're able to go inside of yourself for a minute so that you can go outside of yourself for longer. Okay. Um, I guess it's kind of where my mind went where it's like, I'm taking this time to know why I'm, what I'm feeling, then why I'm feeling it. Yeah. Then how I can, uh, recognizing the self-talk I'm having then how I can change that self-talk so then I can be at the party and be present and enjoying myself instead of 
being at a party for three hours and being an introvert in the corner, like just a ball of anxiety the entire time, not enjoying yourself, um, not letting other people enjoy you, not enjoying yeah. other people. Like it to me, it's it's the unselfish thing to figure your own shit out so that you can come to other people a more self-aware and open person. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where one thing I was thinking, the other thing I was thinking was that um, I, I went to anger management classes for a little while. Um, Long story. But anyway, but one thing that we uh, learned about was like the anger iceberg where, oh, on top of the water is anger. And then under the water is all the other emotions that you're actually feeling. Yeah. Um, and, and this kind of just made me think of that where it's like, okay, I'm feeling anxious, but why am I feeling anxious? Like, find the actual emotion underneath the anxiety um of like okay am I feeling anxious for a legitimate reason where I feel physical danger like truly something something bad is happening like am I anxious because I smell smoke and I there's probably like you know like figuring out like is is there an actual imminent threat or am I anxious because of some bad thought I'm having and you know so like going under under the water to uh, below the ice you know the tip of the iceberg and figuring out I'm anxious why am I anxious um so that kind of that very similar um example I thought of where just figuring out it's another way of saying the figuring out like what is the actual feeling and emotion underneath this just general anxiety that you're like I'm just not ah why am I and even today like um with me I just felt so crabby all day and I still kind of feel it but like all day I've also been thinking okay why am I feeling crabby I'm feeling crabby because I'm anxious I'm feeling crabby because this stupid person fucking ghosted me. Well, it's an um, abandonment issue for sure. That, and and that's an abandonment thing. And I have abandonment issues. So like knowing to go under and think about like, okay, so, so instead I'm so, so I can figure out why I'm crabby so I can like deescalate it as opposed to just staying crabby and being a bitch all day, you know? Yeah. no that's the thing when you're having internal struggles like this it absolutely affects your ability to like communicate with other people effectively so just I mean you when you're in your head and you're stressed all the time and if you're constantly afraid of good things happening you're gonna start mistreating the people around you Mm -hmm. you're gonna start I mean it's also a withdrawing issue so you're gonna pull away from people who support you and care about you Because they're going to be like, hey, do you want to come to these fun things with us? And you're going to be constantly rejecting them because right? of the terophobia. And it's just, 
And then they're going to stop inviting you because you don't go anyway. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? And then it's self-fulfilling. And then your abandonment issues are going to be like, see, see, we told you that everyone you love leaves you. And it's like, well, you never fucking hung out with them anyway. Why are you mad? (laughs) Right. That's the (laughs) whole. It's not rational thinking. None of this is rational thinking. That's why when you're going through the steps of like managing these emotions, that's where the, that's where the rationality comes in. That's when you're rationalizing. Okay, Mm -hmm. here's what's happening. Here's what this means for me. How can we go ahead and change this thinking so we can be productive here? Yeah. That's literally, and this works for not just things like cherophobia. This works for anger. This works for sadness. This works for, you know, annoyance. Yeah. I think that these steps are totally so helpful. And I thought that it was all a talk of shit when I read about it. I was like, there's no way that it's that simple. It's really that simple. It is really that simple. (laughs) Yeah. Brains are stupid. They just, you can trick yourself so much. We we have to trick our brains sometimes and that's fine. Like, bitch, why are you like this? You're supposed right. to be this, like, powerhouse. You're I know. Running, I'm like, you're running a whole body. Supposedly, and... like, the most powerful computer on the planet, but it's constantly got viruses. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is the <laughs> Just, <truth>. like, blue <laughs> screen. Blue screen. <laughs> buffer, 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 buffer. Buffer, buffer. Jesus Christ. If I could count the amount of times that I had brain buffers, I swear to God, I would... Well, and it's it's even better when you have actual brain. Um, see, my brain's buffering <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, I had a brain injury. Brain um, fog. No, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh my god. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm so tired too. It's not helpful. Um, anyway, whatever. Because I've had an actual brain injury. Brain damage. That's the word I was looking That's for. That's the word. There we go. That's the word. Actual brain damage does not help in the buffering compartment department. <sighs> I'm tired, y'all. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. <laughs> yeah, but to to summarize all of what we've talked about today none of which had a some of it made sense other parts did not lots of rambling but that's fine basically <laughs> i mean that's sort of what we wanted from this podcast was an open dialogue yeah for um, sure. so if you have these feelings that we've described please seek out a professional that's also mm-hmm. the recommendation from the the source that i'm sourcing from See a professional. Don't just, you know, listen to hypnotherapy videos on YouTube and think mm-hmm. that you're gonna be able to manage this on your own. It's nope. not. It's it's not a sign of weakness to get help. Never. It's actually a, you know, that's showing immense strength to it notice is. that something is not right in your life and actually taking action. That takes a powerful ass person. Mm-hmm. So. Please seek help if you, you know, are dealing with anxiety or cheerophobia, things like, which is a, you know, a version of anxiety. It's a very mm-hmm. anxiety fueled um, response. Um, just please don't try to be a hero in your own story. Don't try to write your own narrative. Go, go talk to someone who can help you sort of reframe this thinking because you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Um, I, I had a question for the audience. I would love to hear. Um, what are your 
favorite coping techniques like healthy coping techniques what are your favorite ones I want to know I would love for you to answer that oh I think I think my favorite I don't know I have a few um I like anything that makes me breathe and calm down okay um so yoga Yoga. (laughs) a nice hot bath um and then I like to especially if I'm feeling well I I mean I think my other favorite technique is that that self-talk the third person oh for sure I think that's my other favorite one um I feel like you have a few but those are the main ones like anything breath work and third person pet talks (laughs) okay so I would say okay these are very like gen z of me um so I like to distract my so if I'm having a super like um like anxiety filled day or if I'm under an immense amount of stress I like Mm -hmm. to take just about an hour of my time and I make sure that I'm focused on this only Mm -hmm. I will watch like tiktoks or I'll watch a comfort oh, show. So I consume a media. Definitely. That's a good way. Too. But yes. It, it just, it, I still deal with my emotions. I'm yeah. still going to process them. But when I'm in the mode of the frame of mind where I know nothing's going to get resolved unless mm-hmm. I take a break from it. Yeah. I will take my break intentionally. So it's a I very like in, intention-based, con, con, like I'll go to an art museum sometimes. Just consume mm-hmm. something make it my focus for a while and then reevaluate later. So I have the time to like process my feelings Yeah, um, when I'm not in the peak of my stress. Cause that's not going to get anything done. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like changing my self-talk and using you statements just like you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found recently that I really like to like talk to people. Okay. Like I'll go to my favorite coffee shop and I'll sit up at the bar and I'll be doing homework or something, but I'll engage mm-hmm. with people around me. Okay. There's something, it, it just gives me that dopamine hit that I crave. Okay. And it like, I don't know. It's, it sounds like it's a silly coping mechanism because it's something that you need from other people, but, but, there, but it the really thing does. Is, we're social beings. So I don't think that if it's a coping mechanism, it's a healthy one. Yeah, it's like, I think socializing is yeah. my coping mechanism because yeah. it's not even always like going to talk to people. Like sometimes I'll check my Twitter feed. Like I make it an intention mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I'm going to look to see what Twitter, like what's up with Twitter and I'm going to make some comments to intentionally get communication out there. Yeah. And, okay. Or I'll call my grandma or I'll talk to you or I'll text you or I'll mm-hmm. see if like, you know, it's good for me to talk and communicate with others when I'm incredibly stressed because it takes that relief off I think I'm just good at distracting myself I think I just need to compartmentalize and you know make this the forefront for a little while so that I can process this when I'm in a like better state Mm -hmm. that's the thing reappraisal usually doesn't happen in the moment it usually happens later so after a stressful event you're able to reframe it so that future events aren't as hard to like face you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I like to distract myself is <laughs> the <coping. laughs> I like stuff. I like to consume things and talk to people. Yeah. I mean, for sure, when I, when it's, when it's an anxiety inducing thing that I have to do something about, 
that's when it's that positive self-talk and those kind of things, those coping mechanisms. But when it's an, uh, an anxiety thing that I can't do shit about, like I'm waiting on something. Mm-hmm. Like I hate fucking waiting on other people. Like with the housing thing I have right now, I have anxiety of like, I'm just waiting to go see this place. Um, but I can't do shit about it right now at eight o'clock at night right in 10 year time you know like i can't do anything about it right now so i'm doing something else i don't think i've ever and that's not about it's a great thing to just distract yourself from the thing you can't do shit about any anyway it's usually outward forces that i have i feel are super eminent so like if it's something i can do myself i don't really have anxiety about it but if it's things that are other people like i have such yeah i completely agree with you on that now if it's I think for both of us, it's the distrust in other people. Oh yeah, for sure. And being like, you're not gonna do it right. You, you're, you're gonna let me down. Something's gonna, you know. So it's that anxiety. And I have no control over that. And that right stick to me. Oh, it's I can't awful. It. I hate it so much. But yeah, I would so say in the case of like an eminent stressor, like if it's something I can't escape for a little while, mm-hmm. I would say I tend to like notice I'm. I, I don't breathe when I'm incredibly so like if someone's yelling at me I have a tendency not to breathe okay so I'm like holding my breath and then I realize at the end like oh you need to breathe now Kaya yeah. because yeah, you're yeah, running yeah. out of oxygen the world's a little hazy yeah I make it intentional to breathe yes like it's not even like the deep breathing thing it's just like okay breath in it's out. going in it's going from what is it the autonomics or there's the systems yep yeah. Um, but yeah, where you have to, you're literally thinking about breath in, breath out, breath in, breath out. Hello, Winifred. Oh, <laughs> heard her. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely like a, if this is an eminent stressor and it's something that I can't like put on a shelf for an hour, mm-hmm. I definitely focus on, um, like body. Like I do that thing, you know, where you're supposed to like look in a certain direction and like I see this many things. I had, yes. I, you know, like counting or whatever. I don't You're know. Supposed the steps, to, but... There's, there's different ones. So there's like counting backwards from 10 because mm-hmm. you have to think more about it. Supposedly that one doesn't really work for me. Oh, oh, oh. I think I know which one it is. But it's, it's like, like I smell this. Yes. It's your, it's, it's your five senses. Yeah. So I first, I see this many, I see five purple things. I'm going to find the five purple things in the room. Now, I smell. What do I smell? Okay. What, what can I touch? Okay. I'm touching, um, the marble table. It's smooth. Uh, this chair is kind of rough. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm literally it's grounding techniques is what it's called. Um, so it's your, uh, what else? Taste. What am I tasting right now? Mm. A mouth. Um, (laughs) you know, Oh, I'm, I'm tasting my drink real quick. um what's what what's the other sense touch your touch what do you hear here yeah yeah what do i hear what am i hearing oh i hear the fridge buzzing so you're literally grounding yourself into what the reality of right now is because and i do this where i dissociate where i am i'm not here Especially when I get really anxious, I'm not physically, or physically I'm there, but any and any other way, I'm not here. So doing those grounding techniques brings me back to the room, basically. 
See, I do. Uh, we should do a whole episode. I think we have dissociation on the list because I am yeah. fascinated with it. Oh, I, it's, it's, it's bad. such a huge. But we'll talk. I yeah, we gotta that, talk about that. We, that be be a whole other one because oh, girl. <laughs> yeah, but in summation, yes. get help. Yeah, get help and don't be scared to get help and mm-hmm. know thyself and know thy shit. And if you don't know your shit and don't know yourself get to because get you're to. the only one you got sweetheart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i think <gasps> and i think we forgot to do tarot last week and i did we do remember. it no i think we did last week we did last week we forgot it some we forgot on one of them i swear I, we did i i can't remember it's fine but we did last week i remember that distinctly because i was out oh my god you kitchen. were you you were sad too. It was wasn't it? A yeah, sad yeah, yeah. I was out here in the kitchen. And I was like, oh fuck, I forgot to bring my tarot deck. So yeah. I remembered this time to bring it out here. Incredible. <laughs> so are you gonna shuffle for seven more minutes, or should I listen? Just I'm just mixing them up, um, okay, so that it's not so loud. Yeah, I just don't want to read unless you're done with all of it. I just want to make sure yeah. you've got what you need. Okay, I'm done. Okay, okay. So today I pulled the page of swords. So this page is full of wild energy and drive. They're relentless in action and they do not sit for long. They never run out of crazy things to do or say a true idealist. She can be a little exhausting in her youthful determination. If the page is you dive headfirst into your wild schemes and plans and find those who will support you in your crazy ideas. That's interesting Hmm. because I'm not a risk taker by any stretch of the imagination. Mm Mm-hmm. But I've definitely sort of been forced in the last few months to really, like, reach out and gain support and ask for help. And Mm -hmm. so I think I'm sort of getting to the place where I'm willing to take more risks and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's sort of how I interpret that card. I... It's complicated because it's, it's not necessarily part of my nature. It's something that I'm striving to be. Yeah. So, I mean, that's still... I mean, yeah, like, literally retraining your brain, or training it in the first place, training your brain to know that taking risks can be good yeah, another beneficial. Yeah, another element is it's time to face problems head on. Now, I have made it very clear in this podcast, I am in a shitty financial situation that was pretty much my doing Mm -hmm. um and that's something that I can directly take responsibility for I mean I'm working now I'm going to be making decent money it's going to take a level of control to actually like save money because I'm going to have money that I can put in savings now yeah I'm going to be making more than just like rent money and food money and that then struggle with everything else right 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 so it's going to take a certain level of like okay you need to be disciplined while also keeping my like feeding that side of me that needs to have excitement, which is another reason I self-sabotage. I do, despite the anxiety portion of it, I do get bored when things get stable because Mm -hmm. I just, it's not a comfort, it's uneasy to be there and be stagnant there. Mm -hmm. So channeling that energy into doing something, taking a risk in a positive manner, I think is really my focus right now. So like I might 
like go canoeing or something Kaya you don't have to quit your job and move to another state tomorrow (laughs) like that's not a there are rational ways to deal with that unease and then there's Mm -hmm. super irrational ways that are going to be to your detriment and that's really what I'm keeping in mind and in my intentions for this week yeah I like that I like that and you all right I pulled the seven of cups and I was listening to you and didn't look up. Okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hmm, interesting. Okay, the Seven of Cups, the three words. Um, I'm reading from the Mystic Mondays Tarot because that is the card that is out and charging on my altar. Um, so the three words are illusion, prizes, temptation. Okay. <laughs> so it says, be careful what you wish for. Many prizes are presented to you, some of which may not be in your best interest. You are projecting your dreams onto reality, creating illusions that seem way too good to be true. Too many options can be confusing, and you find yourself constantly living in a state of FOMO. Fear of missing out, for anyone that doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for fear of making the wrong choice. Oh, shit. Okay. Just got real, huh? (laughs) Each cup offers you a different prize representing areas of your life, each filled with wish. However, it does not promise a positive result. Does not promise a positive result. Let me read that differently. Be clear on what your long-term visions are so that whichever cup you choose brings you closer to your goals. Temptation is calling, offering vices that are hard to ignore. These choices, however, can come with long-term consequences so weigh your pros and cons if you choose to indulge so my brain my brain is going to knowing i'm about to start a really intense grad program and being also in a place of like i feel healed enough from my past relationship and healed enough as a person to like want to pursue even just like a friends with benefits situation just like something flirty or a really like wanting to also pursue that yeah and knowing that I am not realistically going to have time and I think I think this girl ghosting me reminded me of that yeah where like yesterday I was like waiting on her to text me instead of and my mind was more occupied with that Mm. than the things of like okay I need to be doing this to get ready to move I need to be doing this to you know make sure school's all set up and ready I mean it is right now pretty much but like you know thinking more about school things that i need to be thinking about my mind was thinking about waiting on this stupid ass girl to text me back um (laughs) and that just like i mean she did me a goddamn favor really fuck her i mean Um, happy happy that she did it early on so she could show her ass you know what i mean for sure yeah um but yeah i think that happening and this with this card coming up um 
it's just reminding me like okay you have these different things in front of you you have these different options you have school you have love life you have whatever the fuck else I'm thinking of these two things in particular um and they're not necessarily better like bad or good but what's the thing that is going to be better for you in the long run well obviously it's going to be focusing on school and this program and how intense it's going to be and and like I don't need to be pursuing any kind of flirtatious thing like I, I, I met this girl on a dating app and I'm on there because I'm like well me like I'll troll the apps and it's like a, it's a a calm way of pursuing but it's still pursuing it's still like I'm available which I, guess I am but like not in not in the way that maybe I would need to be for any kind of romantic situation that's i mean i think it's okay to be available in certain aspects of your life and not in others so if you're if your main focus is your school i mean you don't ask me relationship advice because i have been (laughs) through it but i was intentionally focusing on i was intentionally putting my eggs into that basket instead of you know yeah putting my eggs in okay you need to reserve some for your school brain because that takes precedence. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to work effectively. So that takes yeah. precedence. Right. Relationship should be, it should have the least eggs in it right now for you. You can right. still put some eggs in. Like, well, yeah. Like, crack an egg in there. See where it goes. Right. But don't I'm invest definitely, it. I'm not going to be a fucking nun for the next year and a half. Like, right. absolutely not. So, like, if something happens to fall in my lap, okay, fine. But that needs to be, like, the least of my worries right now. <laughs> yeah. Compartmentalization, honey. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where my brain went with went with that, where it's just like, yeah, I need to, I need to focus on this thing that's going to be better for me long term. I think that's a good goal. And I will continue to listen to your relationship problems, and I will support you in your endeavors. But if you want me to hold you to a certain standard for getting your work done, I will do that as well. <laughs> okay. Because that's cool. what supportive friends do. Yes. It's true. You don't need and I don't think you right need that though. That's the thing. I I fully think you're it's not even a lack of capability. You're completely capable in getting this done. I think yeah. that it's difficult because what am I trying to say? There's a lot of moving parts in your life right now that can make you feel like, you know, maybe let's well, just, just add I, another one in there. Like, I was going to say, so... I don't want to, I don't want to add another thing I have to think about. I already have things I need to think about and um, I don't want to add another thing. And I also don't want it to distract me from the things I need to think about more. That doesn't mean, oh, that's what I was trying to say. It's yeah, not that like, you don't, I don't want it because there's still an innate human desire yeah, yeah. to have a companion For or sure, companions yeah. in your case. That desire is be, not going to go away. Yeah. I just don't want it to be distracting of force. this or even me. Like, I don't, I don't want it to be, um, an unhealthy coping mechanism for my anxiety. Yes. Um, yes. I don't want to be stressed about something with school, so I'm going to ignore it and go over here to this person instead. 
You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, I have told you in the past that the only reason I really want a partner right now is because I want someone to split rent with in a nicer apartment because I can't afford it on my own. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would purely be using a person to help deal with another stressor in my life. Yeah. And that's not fair and it's not healthy. (laughs) Also adding more stressors because then you have to deal with that other person and their needs and wants. So like, (laughs) do I... (laughs) I mean, they're not going to be wanna, around for long if I don't. So I, I got to say, if you want to keep them living with you, then yes. <laughs> uh, that's get into the apartment, pay the pay the down payment, and then you can buy buy move someone else in here. Oh my God, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Not about the dating for financial security, though. That was very serious, and I yeah. really want the audience to know that. <laughs> So don't date me unless you got that moolah, baby. Anyways. Yeah. You need a sugar mama, not it's a what girlfriend. I deserve. I mean, yeah. for now, I definitely, I want both. I want a girlfriend Same. and I want a sugar mama that supports me and therefore I can spoil my partner. That's my, yeah. Yeah. That's my ideal that's situation. I, I need, I need a like actual romantic partner and then I need, I don't know, I need like a, LA lawyer no like a sports agent plastic surgeon baby girl really fucking rich yeah plastic surgeon like somebody like that to be like my sugar parent Uh (laughs) oh yes I love that (laughs) that's what I deserve anyway well we have absolutely talked about many things today and we are both (laughs) tired so I am going to say good night audience I'm going to say goodnight, too. Good night. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Trauma of Bonding. Please follow us on social media at TraumBondPod. That's T-R-A-U-M-B-O-N-D-P-O-D. TraumBondPod. We'll talk to you guys next Wednesday.